Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Ninja Turtle Power Hour. I'm Spencer Toon. I'm Keith McGuffey. And I'm Mike Templeton. And this week, we're just going to be covering everything Usagi Ojimbo, well, everything, every one of his crossovers <laughs> with the turtles from the Mirage era. Taking a little bit of a detour to feudal Japan. Yeah. And but this was, this was some good stuff. I've actually never read these crossovers before. Um, you know, any... Any Ninja Turtles fan, you know, that knows their stuff, knows about Yusaki Yojimbo. Um, it is always surprising to talk to fans who didn't know that Yusagi's not actually a Ninja Turtles character, but was a fun crossover with uh, his own comic book um, created by Stan Sakai, who is just one of the most wonderful men in comics. Yeah, yeah. Uh, super fun, like amazing. He, oh, Usagi Ojimbo has won Eisner Awards, which is like is the Oscars of comics. It's the Oscars of comics, yeah. Right. Um, and for those of you who don't know, like Usagi Ojimbo is a comic starring a rabbit named uh, Miyamoto Usagi, and not actually Usagi Ojimbo because <laughs> that's a huge misconception yeah usagi ojimbo means rabbit bodyguard exactly yeah um and it is instead of like being a mutant rabbit uh this usagi ojimbo is set in like feudal japan and everybody is just an anthropomorph- anthropomorphic animal i mean even even though it's like feudal Japan, it's not feudal Japan. There's like little dinosaurs running around everywhere that are freaking adorable. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, at the same time, it's it's like feudal Japan. Yeah. And so it's just this like really, really cool world that Stan Sakai has made and is still doing. Um, it's, the book is currently being published by IDW. Um, it was at Dark Horse for a long time. Before that, it was at Mirage, which... Uh, are the books that we're just going to be talking about in this episode yeah so there's three story or three shorts that we're looking at there's turtle soup and rabbit stew the crossing and the treaty and then we have the first three issues of usagi ojimbo volume two which was published by mirage in color uh that's shades of green parts one through three yeah they just have been a blast like I haven't actually like read Usagi Ojimbo comics until now, pretty much, uh, except for like the crossover for IDW with IDW Ninja Turtles, and yeah, like this makes me really actually want to read <laughs> the Usagi yeah. books. Like I haven't I haven't read an Usagi book in years. I 
used to visit Stan Sakai every Comic-Con and I would buy a new volume from him. Um, so I was only buying like one volume a year and then he like ran out of my next volume. So I stopped doing it. Um, but man, like he was the, like I said, just the absolute sweetest man in comics. Like I, I have my, uh, Usagi pin here on my desk just cause I love looking at it. It just makes, always reminds me of like seeing him. <laughs> yeah. It's still, it's still in a baggie. Like I haven't even taken it out to put it on like my beanie or anything. Yeah, I met him at a Comic-Con and bought a book from him. He did a little Usagi sketch in the front. He's just, he's the sweetest, sweetest old man, you know? He's just adorable. I love him. <laughs> and it's too bad that, like, comic book creators don't actually come to, like, our convention. Well, there's some, but not a lot. <laughs> well, you just got to come out here to San Diego. I know. I want to one year. I actually want to hit the San Diego Comic-Con one year and, like, go see everyone that shows up. In- including, including me, right? Including you, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> yeah, San Diego's a small place. You guys are running across each other. <laughs> we'll, we'll plan a meetup, okay? Yeah, that please film gotta, your meet cute. <laughs> well, I mean, that means we got to drag you out here, too. Oh, true, yeah. I'm, I'm game. All right. San Diego Comic-Con 2023, guys. Digital Power Hour uh, panel. Ooh, I like you, heard it. It, you heard it here first, everyone. Oh, boy. Wow. <laughs> strong words <laughs> maybe we'll partner up with uh you know rob or <laughs> somebody yeah, yeah. Flying <laughs> or across Matt. the country <laughs> yeah yeah and that is that is definitely big uh big goals but who knows we'll see yeah. uh what's nice about these stories is they've been collected very recently and it sounds like they're pretty cheap on comiXology you just gotta look for the usagi ojimbo Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles complete collection from Dark Horse Comics. Yeah, it was super easy. Um, I was a little worried that some of these might be out of print uh, because that is another thing about the Usagi books is some of the older ones are out of print. Um, And so they are a little bit harder to find, but thankfully uh, most of them from what I can tell are um, all available digitally on Comixology, which is where I purchased this one. Um, This is specifically just the Turtles and Usagi crossovers. So the ones published by Mirage, the ones published by Dark Horse, and the ones published by IDW. And it was only like 11 bucks. So definitely pick it up. Well worth it. Definitely worth it. All right. So we should probably actually start covering what these stories were about. I think so. Let me tell you a story. The Ancient One did tell me a story I think you guys would want to hear about Master Splinter's master, Hamato Yoshi. Well, let's hear it. So uh, first up, we got me. I got a couple of the short stories that uh, this first one is the is Turtle Soup and Rabbit Stew. It originally appeared in Turtle Soup number one. So that was an anthology comic that Mirage put out with a bunch of short stories in it about the Ninja Turtles. Uh, it was published by Mirage Studios in 1987. So at the same time the cartoon was first airing, uh, this this issue came out, well, this uh, story. So our story starts with Leo seeming to be transported through time. He says that the feeling he's getting right now is the same as when he was transported through time by Renette, and that this must be some after effect from uh, his whole time travel situation. He ends up popping up in uh, feudal Japan. 
where he stumbles upon a bunch of samurai who are now upset at him because he's a ninja and they attack him and Leo fights back. Not so far away, in fact, just like, seems like almost maybe just a few feet away, Usagi, well, Usagi is walking along and some ninjas find him, the Neko ninjas. And he begins to fight with them. Both of them fight until they have defeated their foes and then turn and see one another and believe each other to be one another's enemies because Usagi is fighting ninja and Leo is fighting samurai. They go and charge at each other to fight. And just as they're about to collide, Leo disappears. And then Usagi crashes into a tree and exclaims that he hates ninjas. Leonardo appears back in the house with the other turtles and uh, then tries to explain that there was something about a rabbit. And the other turtles uh, all kind of look at him confused and think he's crazy. The end. The next one is The Crossing. So this one was written and illustrated by Peter Laird and lettered by Steve Levine. It originally appeared in Usagi Ojimbo Volume 1, Number 10, published by Fantagraphics Books in 1988. So this story opens as two kids fighting over who gets to be the samurai and who has to be the peasant. And Usagi uh, is an old man at this point and says to them, you know, tells them, let me tell you a story, because guess what? Samurai aren't supposed to be acting like that. And he tells him the story of him walking along when he runs into a holy man and decides to uh, give him some trouble. So he points an arrow at him and tells the man that he has to carry him across the river. This hooded holy man, or at least, you know, disguised, you can't really see his face, then lets him get on his shoulders and begins to carry him across the river when he just drops under the water and drops Usagi in. And Usagi is now very upset. Uh, this strange holy man then uh appears further away in the water a lot quicker than usagi thought he could and he then reveals himself to be leonardo leonardo says that he's come here to challenge him and that he's heard that he's an amazing fighter and so they fight and leo actually ends up coming out the winner leo has him at the point of his sword but then offers his hand and extends an, a hand of friendship and says that you know usagi is just as great as he'd heard he was after finishing telling the story, the kids go off and decide that, uh, that uh, you know, they're going to get along now. He, the one kid that wanted to be the samurai is offering that the other kid can be the samurai. But now he says he wants to be Leonardo. The end. Riveting. Bold storytelling. Yeah, I, I forgot to write my summaries up. So that one was <laughs> a little, uh, that was me just thumbing through the pages and summarizing it as I was remembering how it went. <laughs> True improv skills there. These All are right. shorts. They're, they're easy to, to summarize. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have The Treaty. This was originally published in the Shellshock trade paperback in 1989. Uh, the Shellshock trade paperback was kind of a, an attempt to get a bunch of these short stories that uh, Mirage had published into one book. Uh, but this was an original publication of that book. Uh, everything in this is by Stan Sakai. So Leo is running across rooftops with a pizza, trying to get home quickly for movie night. Suddenly, he's transported to ancient Japan. There he sees Usagi surrounded by Neko Ninja and helps drive them away. Usagi's trying to deliver a peace treaty between Lord Noriyuki and Lord Fujitako, but Lord Hikiji is trying to stop the treaty using the ninjas that he hired. 
Leo tells Usagi a bit about himself, how he has three brothers and lives in a sewer in New York when they're suddenly ambushed with shuriken. The ninja are back and take a nearby woman hostage. In exchange for the treaty, the ninja agree to let the woman go, and Usagi agrees. Leo is surprised Usagi made that decision, but it turns out that the woman is Tomoe, a friend of Usagi's who was in on the ruse and is carrying the real document. Tomoe sees the pizza Leo was carrying and gives it back to him. Uh, at this point, it's been trampled and stabbed with shuriken several times. Uh, Leo is suddenly transported back through time and crashes through the window of April's apartment. The other three turtles mention that he's been gone for hours and are upset that the pizza is ruined. Leo tries to convince them it's because he was helping, helping out a samurai rabbit. Uh, the end. Then we have the three-part Shades of Green. Uh, this was originally published part one in March of 1993 by Mirage Studios. Uh, and again, everything in this is by Stan Sakai. So while wandering about, Usagi and his friend Ginosuke inadvertently stumble into an area currently kept under the tight control of the Neko Ninja, who attack the two travelers immediately. Outnumbered, Usagi and, and Gen jump from a cliff causeway into the river below and are washed up near a village where they are found by the village's wise man, a mystic named Kakera, who declares that their coming here was ordained by fate. Their task is to protect the village from the predations of the Neko Ninja, who seek to capture Kakera and use his power to re-strengthen the Neko clan. When other samurai and mercenaries lured toward the village and up killed by the ninja, Kakera decides to summon ninja for help. Using four baby turtles, he conducts the mystic ceremony which brings the ninja turtles from the world into this one. End of part one. Which brings us to part two. First, confusions are quickly settled when Leonardo realizes where they are and sees Usagi from across the room, whom he's met before. And upon learning about the situation, the turtles then pledge to support Usagi again and the beleaguered villagers. Soon afterwards, the Nico Ninja commence their attack, and despite Usagi and the turtles and Gen's stout resistance, they manage to capture Kakara, critically wounding Leo in the process. Despite his injuries, Leo leads the others to the temporary base of the Nico Ninja, having followed one of their scouts just prior to the battle at the village, where they're set upon by the ninja. During the fight, Usagi manages to slip away and track a group of the Nico Ninja, attempting to spirit Kakara away. He engages the escort, thereby inadvertently saving the life of the Nico clan's leader, Chizu, who is caught in a power struggle against her underling, Gunji, who desires the leadership for himself. Chizu and Usagi van vanquish their opponents, and Chizu, whose late brother Shingen had fought once alongside Usagi, leaves him with a kiss on his lips, surrendering Kakara to his custody. After his recovery, Kakara sends the turtles back home after they've exchanged invitations with Usagi and Ginosuke to meet again. The end. Man. Fantastic. Especially if you read it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Reading it is a lot better than us, you know, trying to <laughs> trying to recap the whole thing. No. Yeah. Uh, Stan says a lot with the art, you know, so... Yeah, like there's, we'll, I mean, we'll talk about it in the second time around. Yeah. Hey, uh, nice junk. So yeah, Turtle Soup is the first ever crossover with Usagi and at least with Leonardo. Um, 
very first crossover with all the turtles though is actually in the 87 series because usagi had not crossed over with the turtles until shades of green and so uh-huh. that was in 1993 oh, didn't, true, true. didn't know that yeah so he <laughs> met all the turtles for the first time in the 1987 series there is a, a pinup page that Stan Sakai did that was printed in the back of Donatello number one. That's Usagi surrounded by the four turtles, but it's just like a one page, like proof of concept kind of thing. Mm. If I, I'm getting ahead of myself here, but if I have any anchovies about the, uh, the collected edition of Usagi and Ninja Turtles, it's that it does not contain that one page. One page is all we needed, Dark Horse. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, like, like I said, there's no like action or dialogue or anything. It's just like literally you saw you standing and like four turtles pose around them as though he's under attack. So Yeah. Oh, that would have been cool to see though. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll try and put it up on our Instagram page. But yeah, you're right. Uh, it, first crossover with all the turtles was in the, the cartoon. Yeah. It just wanted something that dawned on me because I was going to say that like, God, oh, you know, Shades of Green is the first time he crossed over with all the turtles. And then I looked at the date and realized that in the cartoon, we're in like 89 still. And we're about to cover him again next week. Uh, his first crossover with them in that series. Yeah. Definitely. I was one of those people that didn't realize he had his own comic until way later in life. I always thought he was an action figure character, but so I know. Yeah, I remember seeing him in the 2003 series. And I'm trying to remember when I learned that he had his own comic and that he was his own thing. Yeah, I, I mean, it was definitely when I was old enough to start going to comic conventions and the internet had been a big thing by then. Mm-hmm. Um, it was definitely, after, was it before 2003 or after 2003? I don't, I don't remember. I don't remember exactly when I met Stan Sakai for the first time. I know I've met him a couple times. <clears throat> mm. But... Yeah, like I don't know. I I I, I want to say it's around the time the 2003 series was on. Um, it was before his appearance in 2003. It's like I might have been. No, Wikipedia wasn't a thing back then. Man, I don't know. I don't know when I first <laughs> figured out about his comic. Wait, you mean there was a time when Wikipedia wasn't a thing? Oh, shut up. There, yeah, there was a time when you couldn't cite Wikipedia uh, for school articles. Your teacher would be like, no, don't do that. So you just go to the footnote and click on the footnote, cite that instead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I learned that trick at a young age. I remember when I wasn't allowed to cite it. Uh, yeah. But that was, that was pretty early in my my essay writing career <laughs> that is for now over thank goodness yeah Man. but yeah no usagi's always had like a close relationship with the turtles and i think it's probably because i stan sakai seems like he's good friends with kevin eastman still i think he still is friends with peter laird as well yeah because the um so the collected edition that we read had a nice like introduction by peter um where he kind of talked about how like they're two entirely different concepts. Like Usagi is a world of animals, like, you know, and, and just that that's the world and the turtles are, you know, the outcasts and, and, you know, they don't belong in that world, but mixing the two together works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, and he had talked about how, I think, I think that interview was 2016 or something. Um, Because he mentions 
the twenty three the two thousand three and how like they took really good care to make that version a lot more accurate than um, the version from the eighty seven show. Yeah, and then uh, he mentions that he that he's heard that Usagi's going to be in the two in the twenty twelve show. He just hadn't seen it yet. So nice that Peter uh, wrote that forward because uh, he's notoriously retired at this point. Like he's not done really anything. To... Yeah, when when was that? I mean, this was published back before you know uh, Stan Sakai crossed Usagi Ojimba over to IDW. So he was still at Dark Horse if this was published by Dark Horse. Uh, well, that crossover is published in this too. Oh, that's true. The IDW crossover is published. Yeah. Yeah. So this is, I think this is from 2017. 2018 is when Peter Laird. Yeah. There we go. And so I I saw Kevin Eastman uh, speak at a comic book convention and someone asked like, how did this crossover get started? And he said like, back in the day, they put all the funny animal people together at conventions. <laughs> like, but like usually next to the bathroom. So like it was kind of a miserable experience anyway. So they just kind of got to talking and passing sketches back and forth. And that's, and they developed this relationship that uh, intertwines them to this day. So, yeah, I mean, they they pretty much they put the character in their cartoon. You know, I like they've crossed over with a lot of characters in comics, uh, but I think Usagi is really one of the only is one of the few characters they've actually crossed over with in in TV series, especially one that's you know not not owned by Mirage. You know, yeah, yeah, like we're not going to see Cerebus <laughs> anytime soon. Oh, no way. No, that's not, that's definitely not going to pop up anywhere. You know, they, they cross over with planet racers in the 2003 series. Um, but even that's on my Mirage. Like that's, yeah, exactly. that's owned by my house. Yeah. So it's just really, it's really cool. You know, they're, the two are really intertwined and I, sometimes I do wonder how the toy deals work for Stan Sakai with how, you know, how the Usagi action figure itself sold. You know, if because since they're big in creators' rights, oh, I'm sure he got a cut. Like I'm sure, I'm sure he got a cut of it exactly. Yeah. But it's you know, once again, like they let him have an action figure under their established brand in their their you know name, so that he could you know make toy money. Because I imagine that no one was looking to just make toys of Usagi Ojimbo at that time. Yeah, it, I mean, yeah, you're right, and I think that part of, I mean, actually, that's most definitely why people associate usagi so hard with the turtles yeah the only other character i can, I can think that even comes close is a panda con who's owned by someone else but had an action figure but like, yeah Pan- that's the only thing that he ever really got was an action figure yeah because like panda yeah. you you as you put the two in the room and you'll be like panda con or usagi ojimbo and it's like eh. yeah i think we all the, know who everyone's gonna remember yeah the comic that's been running for almost 40 years or panda con <laughs> he's been in three different series yeah <laughs> i can't tell you who panda con is um he's an action figure that's all you need to know um that's not selling the comic short. I'm sure it's a good comic. I haven't read it, um, but yeah. I haven't either. Apparently it's supposed to be getting an animated series, possibly. I've heard I, that too. Know, I've but... heard that too. Wow. I just wanted to make sure Keith's all right. I know. Yeah. You okay, Keith? <laughs> <clears throat> I'm okay. Uh, this is PandaCon. Oh. oh. Yeah. I was kicking a box under my 
<laughs> under my desk trying to where's try my to, damn panda con? yeah try to wheel a box i out know of it's my over toes. Here. yeah look i just put it that's away that's what keith sounds yeah. like in my head <laughs> i just heard like a boom and then also yeah. near my <laughs> spencer like, leave yeah. all this in <laughs> yeah. what's happening yeah uh, thanks for your concern but but um yeah. i forgot where i was going with that thanks but, for my concern um, but as m- with most things in my life it was a a frantic effort effort to put in a reference to something. So. <laughs> I didn't re- I didn't think of the reference until right now. Um. So. I I mean so I I know the uh, 2003 version of Usagi is probably the most comic accurate. Mm-hmm. Um. I know 2012 is also comic accurate, but in a different way. Um. Because in 2003, I think they basically adopt or adapted one of these stories, right? No, no. They, they actually, they do something else. Like, the character is very much in character. Like, and whenever I read Doggy's voice, like, the 2003 series voice is what pops into my head. But that's, like, where I met him. He actually meets them in the Battle Nexus. In, uh, oh, okay. In the series. There, there is an episode where like Leo goes to his world and then there's one later where like Jen or Gen and uh, Usagi come to New York. Yeah. Just like as a, for like a, a tourist visit or something. But yeah, it's funny. Cause I mean, we'll, we'll get to it when we get to that episode, but Gen does actually, they give Gen some clothes from there and he's wearing what rocks that he wears. Oh yeah. I've seen that picture. Okay. Yeah. 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 I actually just watched that last night. It really held up. It was a good episode good episode yeah i need to i've been i've been doing a slow watch through of it here and there i've been doing an even slower watch <laughs> i really i picked that episode because i'm like how do you say the rhino's name is it jinnasuke or ginnasuke it's uh, apparently ginnasuke so i wouldn't trust the 2003 pronunciation yeah um so i guess I'm it is Raphael who says it so who knows yeah i definitely wouldn't go <laughs> go with the 2003 pronunciation um i I would pronounce it Ginosuke. Ginosuke. Okay. I was going to say Gen. Yeah. Uh, I, I knew the character as Gen. Mm-hmm. So, like, this was the first time that I had seen his whole name uh, spelled out. And then, oh, the other thing I did want to add is that Shades of Green is definitely a play on the arc that we just finished a little while ago. Well, the, the, pre- the prequel to the arc that we just finished a little while, Shades of Grey. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's a reference to that. I don't know why else you would name it Shades of Green. You know, Shades of Grey probably just come out. Yeah, I, I think it did because it was being advertised around the same time. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of funny, a funny little nod to the, the ongoing series at the time. Um, so Neko, there's Neko ninjas in this. Neko yeah. means cat. There's also Komori in ninjas. Neko means bat. And both of those clans of ninjas are cats and bats, respectively. And then Kakara looks exactly like Splinter, and Kakara is Japanese for Splinter, apparently. Yeah. So yeah, I just I actually just Google that. Well, because I heard Kakara and I was like, it just made me think of Kakarot. And so I like, did they name him Carrot? Oh. <laughs> so I, I just barely Googled it, you know, in English, and then I saw it said fragment, and I was like, oh, Splinter. That's funny. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I was gonna say that if you didn't. You stole one of my, one of my. Uh-huh. This is me stealing your thunder. Ah, oh, but yeah, that's all I really have for these as far as second time around discussion. 
Yeah, same here. Like, um, this is all, I mean, we've all kind of just been talking about Usagi in general and our first, you know, introduction to him. Uh, I definitely had the toy of Usagi before I saw his episodes. Um, and it's kind of convenient because, you know, spoiler alert, our next, you know, when we jump back into the 87 series, we'll be back. I think one of those three episodes will be the Usagi episode, right? Yeah. Usagi so. Tober. Yeah, Usagi Tober. <laughs> the Ninja there you go. Hour. Yeah, I like it. Yo-tober, I don't know, something. <laughs> Yo-jim-tober, I don't know. Yo-jim-tober, I don't know. None of these jokes are good, guys. Sorry. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, like as far as the second time around, like, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I sound like a broken record because I say this every week. This is the first time I've ever read these issues. So uh, it was it was neat in that sense of like, kind of seeing where everything was at um with because even then like these issues only really start leo um until you know shades of green and we kind of just get like the most base version of leo it's just he's the honorable one who's not really a ninja like leo's more of a samurai Mm -hmm. and i don't know if that's just because you know, this was the 80s, so nobody, you know, outside of Japan really understood what ninja were. I mean, Stan Sakai definitely did, and he, he kind of actually does a good job of, like, teaching Japanese lore and things like that. No, absolutely, because, like, this is the first time, like, you, like, if you didn't know about, like, ninja and, like, the turtles were your first introduction to ninja, you would think ninja were, like, kind of cool and stuff, and it's like, yeah. now, like, they were, they were murderers and assassins, right? Granted, yes, the Foot Clan is a clan of evil ninjas, but <laughs> yeah, I mean the, um, yeah, like in the 2003 series, for example, they make sure to like it's almost like they make a point to br- have him bring it up. But Usagi says that it is points out that it is strange that Leo follows the code of Bushido if he's a ninja, and like, <laughs> there's things like that that they do that I'm like you know that you can tell they're definitely trying to honor. Uh, what usagi is mm-hmm. how it's more accurate even though it's got dinosaurs in it it's more accurate to yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh to all that stuff than ninja turtles is for sure uh the only other thing i have for second time around is uh if you're looking for the <laughs> the first crossover turtle super rabbit stew like a couple weeks ago spencer asked me if that had been reprinted and i started going through some books i own that story like four or five times like it's in this book we read it's in turtle soup i own that it's in the hardcover <laughs> version of the idw crossover and it's in one of the usagi books i own the wanderers road so like i have no lack of reading that first crossover <laughs> i had no idea it had been reprinted so many times <laughs> yeah i feel like it's harder to probably find that second one the treaty oh i mean the crossing sorry yeah uh I don't think that's been reprinted outside of this uh, this printing this collection. This collection, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It was that was in I think the tenth issue of Usagi Ujimbo, just a backup. Because yeah. it, it definitely feels like a back like a backup story, because um, it it is such a short story, and it's 
a little different than the normal Usagi stuff. So um, it definitely does feel different. No, yeah, the shorts are definitely feel way different. You can tell that I don't think that the Usagi and the Turtles had quite set into what they were still at that time. I mean, it was 87, you know, so, you know, it's not really until like Shades of Green and, you know, kind of as well in the treaty that you end up seeing uh, the Turtles as we know them, especially in yeah. those comics. Well, we've been putting it off. Uh, what do you guys say to uh, getting some anchovies on this rabbit? Yeah, let's do it. Nobody likes anchovies. Surprisingly, I don't have any. Yeah, I don't have any for the first short story at all. Uh, none there. Yeah, my only question is like, why is Leo the only one that's feeling the effects of the time scepter? Because that's like I mean, what, yeah, what like he explains never... why he's going back in time is because of the time scepter residue or something. But yeah, like he thinks yeah. it's it's like re- like essence of Renette still on it but yeah like it's never explained i just chalked it up to like oh like it's a fun short story but then like when you keep reading and it's like they keep remembering each other and the fact that it's still not explained like the only time it's ever explained is in um shades of green when kakara like actually brings them back Mm -hmm. but it's like kind of implied that it's definitely not the same way that Leo kept coming back in in the, in the previous issues. So. And I tried to do some digging, like, like why is it Leo, not the rest of them? The best I could find is uh, back in like, what was it? Tales volume one, issue seven with Savanti Romero. He's got the big like tower thing with a time scepter on it. Leo kind of grabs the time scepter near, near the top in that one. And that's like the only I was like, maybe that's why they came up with that. I don't know, but <laughs> I don't understand why it's not the rest of the turtles. You know, why? Why is it only Leo? Like, just yeah. Kind of Next me, time so. I see Stan Sakai, I'm going to ask him to his face. Thank you, thank you so much. We'll bring him on the podcast. Yeah, you know what? I'll, Actually, I'll ask yeah, we'll, we'll interview him there. 2023, when all three of us are at San Diego Comic Con, <laughs> I'll bring you right up to him. Yeah, we'll just just hang around the bathroom, wait for Stan Sakai. <laughs> yeah and what's what's cool is stan always has the same booth so it's like by muscle memory i know where it is oh nice <laughs> so cool yeah, we'll find him and then uh yeah so that's all the anchovies i had for that well i mean which is none i guess i just said i didn't have any yeah like yeah. these aren't these are as short stories these are all good mm-hmm. yeah yeah, my, my only first anchovy is in The Crossing when Leo suddenly can speak Japanese. Like in the first story, Leo doesn't understand anything anyone's saying because they're all speaking Japanese. He's speaking English. And he's just kind of throwing the fray. In The, next, in the Crossing, Leo is suddenly able to just speak to Usagi. So I guess he has taken some like lessons from Splinter before the next one happened. You know, was, you know was taught some Japanese and was able mm. to speak it. <laughs> Yeah, I thought that was weird too. Like, especially in in uh in the first one, Turtle Soup and Rabbit Stew, all the samurai are talking with like the angled brackets, which usually yeah. means it's translated. And then yeah, suddenly he can understand them. It's even more confusing than when you read the uh 
the IDW crossover and like the fact that only Michelangelo speaks Japanese is a, is a plot point in that, but they never yeah. addressed it beforehand. So yeah. Uh, I mean, that one, chalk I'm it up to wizardry up. or something. Exactly. Yeah. Just chalk it up to wizardry. <laughs> yeah. When he transports with me also just, you know, there's a translation spell there somewhere in there. Yeah. I also, the crossing, it's, it's not my favorite just because Usagi seems like such a jerk in that issue. <laughs> And I, and I understand he's probably embellishing because he's trying to teach his kids a lesson, but like, it just seems very out of character that he would like poke uh, Leonardo to be like, Hey, uh, send me across this river or I'm going to nail you to this tree. Like that's not something you saw you would do. So <laughs> it, it is definitely a little, uh, a little out of character. Yeah. Uh, with the treaty. Um, oh, sorry. Not the treaty. I don't have anything for the treaty. But Shades of Green, my only complaint, it's a very, very small one, and it's easily forgiven, and I'll explain why, is that the exposition is a little forced at the beginning, but it's necessary because this issue is to bring in the Ninja Turtles, which is going to be bringing in new readers and new fans, and they need to know what's going on in this book for it to make sense. I needed it, you know? <laughs> so, like, it's kind of one of those things where I'm like, yeah sure is usagi explaining things to gen that he already knows you know that he says he should already know yes <laughs> but it's for me the reader because i need that yeah i'm not sure that it was advertised at the time that the ninja turtles were going to be in this necessarily though like yeah they're not on the cover or anything mm -hmm. i wonder if that was a surprise at the end or if i mean it was it, somehow foreshadowed or what yeah i don't know i mean maybe there was some ads for it the other thing that i mean I'm sure word would get out after that, you know, like yeah, oh, the Ninja Turtles popping up, especially when the next one comes out, and then people buy the old, you know, the previous issue and the back issues or however it worked. Yeah, I don't know. I just imagine that that's why he did it was for you know new readers coming in. It's a new story arc, a new thing, so I can forgive it. You need it. Yeah, my only thing for Shades of Green was that Kakarot looks exactly like Splinter, and it. It throws me off every time I read these stories that Kakarot <laughs> looks exactly like Splinter. And I, I get, you know, Kakarot means Splinter, yada, yada. But it's still, every time I read it, I'm like, what's Splinter doing here? I'm like, oh, yeah, it's <laughs> not Splinter. He wears, like, the same robe and stick and every Like, he looks exactly the same. Yeah. <laughs> so I was confused for, like, the first few seconds. And then I was like, oh, he's Kakarot. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Kakarot! <laughs> Kakarot! Dra Dragon Ball joke, guys. Yeah. All right. Are we ready to talk about what we love? Uh, yeah. yeah. All right. I love being a turtle. I love being a turtle! So, first off, Stan's art is just so much fun. Yeah. It's super, it's super fun. It's easy to tell who everybody is. Um, it gets better, too. Um, when you go reading... When you start with turtle soup and rabbit stew, um, and then by the time you get to the end of Shades of Green, it's so like he's grown so much as an artist. Mm -hmm. um, and he's if you read like the modern stuff now, like he's definitely locked into his style, and it's an evolution of this look here. Um, and it's great because like you know this guy's been drawing the same characters in almost the same exact style. Um, just refining things for almost 40 years. Yeah. I, I I know I said this before. I don't know. 
I said it before we started recording or after, but like you saw you, Jimbo, and Stan Sakai's work is just something I wish I had found earlier in my life. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's mm-hmm. such a treat. Um, specifically about the first uh, story, Turtle Soup and Rabbit Stew, I really appreciate that both Usagi and Leonardo abide by the inverse rule of ninjas. I don't know if you're familiar with this, but the more ninjas there are, the weaker they are. So when there's <laughs> one ninja, he's really strong. And both of them, when they defeat all the other ninja and samurai are like, oh, there's one guy left. He must be the strongest. And I appreciate that they abide by that. Rule. Oh, yeah, that yeah. was a good, that <laughs> yeah. was a good bit. Yeah. And I also, I mean, I love the I hate ninjas moment in that. First I do too. As well. yeah. You know, because Leo just disappears. Poof. You know, it's like ninja trickery. Uh, you know, Lee. Usagi. I wouldn't even think of that. He probably yeah. just thinks he threw a smoke bomb. Oh, yeah, man, exactly. Like he he just he just thinks Leo disappeared. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it is like a ninja trick, you know. So he's like, I hate ninjas. Yeah. You know. Meanwhile, Leo's back at home, just like, what just happened? Uh, I also love the dinosaurs. Like I love Stan Sakai's little dinosaurs. It just has like in the background foreground of Usagi Ojimbo. They have a name, and I forgot what that name was. I think it's Tokaje or T O. G-E, whatever that is. T-O-K-O-G-E, maybe. Well, Tokage? 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 Yeah. <laughs> That's how you pronounce that, yeah. Uh, man, I've only... Uh, what, what we said, you, you shouldn't be... Uh, you shouldn't be upset about mispronounced words because it <laughs> means you read it in a book, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. So Anyway, he's freaking adorable. Like, like all these... I mean, not just he, but like all the dinosaurs are just like... They're freaking adorable. And they're just super fun. It just adds so much fun to the, to the whole world. Like I said, yeah. Dan's art's super fun. Speaking of good art, uh, Peter Laird's art in The Crossing is yeah. pretty on point. Like, oh yeah, draws a good Leonardo. That's a good fight scene. Uh, like panels of them like fighting down the river. It's a good like I, I know I love that fighting down the river. Um, I also just really like how he went hard into like the rabbit face for Uzaki. Like it looks good. Yeah, and that more and that more, I, I, I'm hesitant to call it a realistic style, but it, like it looks really good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and like Leo using his underwater skills as a turtle, you know, like them kind of bringing that up that like, yeah, like I can go underwater and move around quickly there and, and be somewhere else and yeah, you know, surprise him because he's a turtle. Yeah, he's also stays underwater for longer than than he should have type thing. Usagi's, you know, wondering about that. But the other thing that I, I like is that, you know, Usagi definitely points out the fact that the turtles are heavier set, that they're like bigger. You know, they don't look like they should be fast and ninja-like. <laughs> That's true, yeah. Kind of doubles down. He's basically it. fat shaming them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, uh, Usagi's a total jerk in this issue, but... Uh, I mean, Usagi, like, as part of his character, he's kind of a jerk. Like, he's honorable, but he's he's a jerk. I don't know if he's ever been a jerk to this point, though. Like, oh, okay. This seems a bit much. I, I understand what you're saying, but yeah. Like I said, he's probably embellishing for, you know, he's trying to teach kids lessons, but still probably a youngin too, you know? Yeah. True. Um, but yeah, like I love, I love it when the turtles, you know, do things like, oh yeah, we're good underwater. We can hold our breath for a long time, you know, kind of using some of those turtle, turtle advantages. Um, the treaty, 
I only have written down that I love the shot of Leo falling through time with the pizza. Yeah. Like, like when he, when he poos back, he's got the pizza and it's like kind of flying out behind him. He's yeah. just like screaming and falling with his arms out. It, it just cracks me up every time. It's such like a perfectly composed panel. Like it's perfect. I love it. <laughs> yeah. And I, I also, what I really liked about the treaty is like, this is where you really see the Usagi Leo friendship building. Mm-hmm. You know, in the 2003 series, it's almost like a staple that him and Leo are friends. And I'm guessing they pulled it from, from these. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, like you, you actually kind of see them building a friendship and like explain, like Leo explaining, like, uh, you know, in my world, we're actually very uncommon. We live in the sewers, <laughs> you know, and Usagi's just like, Oh, I'd like to come and visit, but you know, I don't know if I'd stay with you. <laughs> I'd rather stay at an inn. Yeah. <laughs> I'd probably stay at an inn, not at your house. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and so, yeah, it's those little, like, pointing out the differences between the two worlds that, at the same time, you know, blend together so well, like we said, that is really fun about this. And they do it again in Shades of Green. You know, you've got Gen saying, uh, at least we wear clothes, you know, talking about how the turtles have, like, nothing on. I, I wish the turtles had put clothing on. Uh, like I, I'm, I don't want to like it's not an anchovy it's more just kind of like I wish they had done that that would have been fun I always enjoy when the turtles wear clothes would you like it better if they put them on after Gen pointed it out or if they just did it on yes their own? Okay, if they did yeah. it like yeah if like Gen shamed them into doing it and like <laughs> you know what he's got a point yeah. yeah if turtles could blush this would be the time <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say for uh, Shades of Green all three of these covers are amazing I love him. I especially love the second part where like Leo's wounded on the ground yeah. and Usagi's over him with a sword drawn. And like, all the other swords like pointed so, at them. So good. Yeah. All those covers. Yeah. And uh, that final page in one where the turtles first pop up, that steel of all of them posed together. Like so cool. It looks so cool. Oh yeah. I like Sakai's designs for the turtles and like those have changed over the years too but yeah they always like look said, really like, good like i was talking about with like that evolution um he draws like the turtles in the fur in the um in turtle soup in rabbit stew that leo is so different from the leo he gets to by the end of shades of green yeah like and what's really cool is you can tell like how much of an influence peter was on him Mm-hmm. because like stan starts drawing the turtles in a very peter laird-esque style with the very square like front um and like the heads and like just the proportions on their heads like it's mm-hmm. very peter laird totally yeah and just more compliments for like stan sakai's art is that his action scenes are awesome like they're epic and they like feature death and stuff but at the same time it's not gruesome this is like yeah like this is i don't want to say it's bloodier but it's like there are more people that die in these issues than like most of the mirage books we read yeah Yeah. like (laughs) there's a lot of killing in them but like he doesn't make it seem like i said gruesome and, yeah, like it's it's never over the top it's uh-huh. you know people people are killed you know i want to say appropriately but it's like it, it never feels like gratuitous mm-hmm. yeah it never feels gratuitous and it's like and, and so it also still feels but it still feels like thrilling at the same time 
Yeah. Like it's not gruesome, but it still has that thrill to it that just is really fun about it, I guess. Like all those Nico Ninja just kept getting it. Yeah. That, I love when uh, Gin gets the one in the forehead with the arrow. And uh, oh, yeah. Turtles is like, cool. hey, nice. Like, yeah. And, and he's and like, it's all in the wrist. It's all in the wrist. Yeah. <laughs> I love that line. I just like Gen, especially when I saw him in like the 2003 series. I think Gen is a funny character. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I kind of always liked the, uh, I don't know how to put it. He's almost rhino man. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, rhino men, but also I guess he's like modern guy gardener a little bit, you know, I don't know how else to put yeah, it. You're kind of, you're right. Um, kind of in that scumbag area, you know, like, but like lovable scumbag, <laughs> you know? Yeah. He's, I like, I like him because uh, like he'll always leave Usagi with the bill whenever they go out to eat. Yeah. Like, I, like both literally and figuratively like that's the kind of character he is you know yeah, yeah he, he like chases the money you know it's like wario but nicer you know type thing yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah the turtles have some good interactions both with him and each other uh like i like when gen's like leo's definitely lost completely like he has no idea where he's going and raphael's like oh shut up he knows where he's going and raphael in his head is like leo's totally lost yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he knows where he's going. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I also really appreciated uh, when they like the turtles get separated from Usagi at one point, and when they finally meet back up, Mike says, "Yo, Jimbo." Yeah, <laughs> that was that was cute. Cracked me up. <laughs> and walked Jimmy Neutron's dad like, "Yo, Jimbo." <laughs> <laughs> but. Yeah, no. I'm not good. Jimmy's mom. Jimmy's mom. I just, I just wanted to throw that in there. You just got to do your Carl Weezer every once in a while. Jimmy's mom. Do you have a croissant? Something about llamas. Llama fan club. Yeah. But yeah, no. Like once, I, like I said before, reading Shades of Green, especially like the, the short stories were also great. But like reading Shades of Green. Made me realize that, like, I really need to read the Usagi series and stop sleeping on it. Totally, I have so much other reading material right now. <laughs> a lot of it is, um, like I said at the top, it it is available on Comixology. Um, I can't remember if it is available on Comixology Unlimited though. Um, I think one or two volumes are, but. Um, like I said, most of it is available on Comixology for everybody to go check out. Um, so definitely do that. It's also a good book, like, because you can and you don't need to start at the beginning. Like, you could just pick up a Usagi book on the shelf right now and, and read it and have a, a decent understanding of what's going on. Like, Yeah, like, there are arcs, mm -hmm. but, yeah, you don't need to. Yeah. The first one I read was definitely, like, at the end of a like an arc and like the beginning of another arc and like i i didn't miss a beat with it stansakai is a very gifted storyteller in that way so. Mm -hmm. uh so on comiXology uh it is the idw books that are available on unlimited um so that is usagi yojimbo origins um and then usagi yojimbo color classics those are all available on comiXology unlimited um however you can buy uh the ones that aren't available for unlimited so like um there's a book called the usagi jimbo saga 
Um, and that's actually uh, the book I was buying um, from Stan at Comic-Con. Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I'm looking through like all of these and it's been reprinted in so many different versions that it's kind of hard to figure out what's going on. I'm seeing Usagi Yojimbo Volume 1. This is just a series of books that was produced by Fant published by Fantagraphics. Yeah, so that's the like very first series was mm -hmm. with Fantagraphics, Mirage, Dark Horse, IDW. That's the okay. four volumes. Yeah, these were well, because it says that this one though that was published by Fantagraphics was released in January 1st, 1987. So they would have had he would have had to have been close to being at Mirage at that time. And there's seven volumes. I don't know if his run at Fantagraphics was that long. I'm not sure. But I, I don't know enough. I'll need to do more research. But <laughs> he went to he went to Mirage in '93. So he had a couple of years of Fantagraphics. Okay. Oh, wait. Yeah, these okay. I'm pretty sure these books themselves were released back during that time. Yeah. And this, so they were already created. All right. Yeah, you're right. So yeah, there's a lot of the Fantagraphics, I guess, are the originals, and then Usagi Ojimbo Color Classics, I think, covers the Mirage stuff with Origins and others. I think I don't yeah, know. IDW has been re-releasing them, similar to what they did with the old Ninja Turtles books, where they would just add color to them. But mm. I, they've had several like series, like mini series, like the Dragon Bellow Conspiracy and stuff. And I I don't know exactly how they're how they're uh, packaging those all together, IDW. Yeah, it's definitely not the easiest thing to keep up with, but but it's worth it. It's worth it because check it out, man. <laughs> great storytelling. Like I said, even, even I, if you only check out the current stuff that IDW's been publishing, it's only like 20 issues in. Like that series is one of my favorite books to pick up. It's fantastic. You heard it here, folks. Ryu Sagio Jimbo, it's great. Yeah, Stan Sakai, speak, send me money. No, you give Stan more money. How dare you try to take money from that kind old man? Fine, IDW, send me money. How's there you that? go. There we go. But no, like I said, uh, look, we've all said Stan's the sweetest guy in the business. Um, if you can, uh, and if uh, cons ever become a normal thing again, um, definitely stop by Stan's booth. Um, at, at san diego comic-con or whatever other con you find him at um say hi and just let him smile at you because that is that is the sweetest smile in comics <laughs> all right should we hurry and talk about news yeah. i think so this is april o'neill of channel six Spencer, do you leave in all my terrible singing every episode? Oh, every episode, definitely. Yeah, people there have to listen go. every time. Oh man, I'm sorry. Hey, if you're listening, uh, <laughs> he didn't sorry, know that. He sorry, just found out sorry. now. Yeah. <laughs> Which means Keith, Keith doesn't even listen to our own podcast. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, the only time I listen to it is when I'm editing it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, guys, this week. Um, uh, Nothing really has uh, been going on in the toy world. Um, uh, last week, uh, Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl released, um, and I still haven't purchased it yet. Uh, probably going to hold off on it. Uh, I'm going to wait for a sale, um, which by then, most likely, the entire fighting community will have moved on already. 
<laughs> but yeah. uh, I'll get on it eventually. Uh, I did dive back, as I mentioned last week in our bonus content, uh, I did jump hard back into uh, Mutant Madness, the uh, idle RPG game. And yeah, uh, been playing that again. <laughs> Uh, rebuilt um not my old team it is a different team now but my mains are bebop rocksteady mondo gecko uh mona lisa and ace duck not a turtle amongst the crowd there wow um, yeah i just i you know I, I like aoe attacks and mona lisa's got a nice um like it's an aoe heal and damage you know just depending on where you target it like like i mentioned last week you can now target where um you want their attack like their ultimates to go so it's it's pretty cool um but i bring all of this up because now that i've unlocked the ability to we now have the ninja turtle power hour clan on teenage mutant ninja turtles mutant madness so if wow. you go to the clan finder if you're still looking for a clan uh, you can search Ninja Turtle Power Hour and join up there. Man, you're going to make me have to re-download it now, Mike. I was uh, going to put you on the spot. <laughs> so and, uh, I don't want to restart, though. It's so much work. <laughs> so much sitting there while my phone does things. You don't know <laughs> I'm consuming. Yeah, an idle RPG. It's so much work. It is. It's so uh, but yeah, guys, just look for Ninja Turtle Power Hour. We're the only one on there. I am the only person in it. <laughs> And it says, welcome to the Ninja Turtle Power Hour. I'm I didn't have enough Toon. time to write, I'm Spencer Toon, I'm Keith McGuffey, and I'm Mike Templeton. So. Yeah. And this week we're talking about, yeah, just transcribe our entire episode every week. <laughs> every week, transcribe. I only, have, I only have so many characters to refer <laughs> right. to. So. Yeah. The first 250 characters of our episode. Just, yeah. just write the first letter of each of the words we say in the episode. <laughs> abbreviate it for everyone. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Uh, only thing I've got uh, in comic book news is that uh, this next issue is coming out the day after this podcast releases. So that is going to be October 20th. We're looking at issue 122 coming out, which looking at the cover is maybe a Thanksgiving uh, episode. I don't know. They're sitting down eating dinner and the colors are like very orangey and Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving vibes. Yeah, it, it's just giving <laughs> me Thanksgiving vibes. All right. I'm picking up Thanksgiving vibrations. So that's what's going on there. Other than that, yeah, news is pretty uh pretty dry for now. Yeah, NECA's, NECA over on their Twitters and other socials are doing their 31 days of fright reveals. Um I don't think there are really any other monsters and turtles that they can throw out there. Um, you know, Token and Razar have already come and gone. Um, both the movie version and the toy version got revealed. So I don't, I can't imagine there's going to be any turtle reveals for the month of October, but you know, I could be wrong. They could dig deep and do something really, really unheard of. The 2003 series has some monsters. Uh, they're definitely not going to be doing 2003. So. I know. Uh, give me Monster X from uh, the Archie series. It was like Wolfman, Frankenstein, Dracula, <laughs> and the Mummy all just like composite Superman style. 
Oh wow! Fantastic, yeah. Or or Worm. Worm was kind of a cool horror character. Worm would work. In, yeah. In the IDW series, he was. Oh man, you know what? Bloodsucker. Imagine Ooh. they just get they get the rights to do Bloodsucker. Could you imagine those sculpted buns? Oh, it's the first thing I thought of, buddy. <laughs> that was the first thing my head went yeah. to. I mean, uh, you can have them just you know nude with the sculpted buns but also make sure he has like the game warden outfit yeah he's gotta have he's you gotta have a different body with the game warden outfit or just with a thumbs up hand i'd be okay with just the hat cool all right well uh spencer what are we doing next week next week we're gonna be diving back into the 87 series we're getting into the thick of it uh trying to get to the thick of it into the thick of it sorry (laughs) If you're on TikTok, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, I'm not on TikTok, but my wife is. And so I uh don't I hear, know what I'm talking about. I hear Sp- all of it. Yeah, you're in the same situation as I am, Spencer. Hey, Spencer, uh, when you lay down to go to bed, does your wife have to show you like at least four TikToks before you can finally close your eyes? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or you just sit there and try to like go to sleep as you hear someone just being like, here comes the boy. Yeah. Hello. That is- Hello, boy. Welcome. There he is. Here he comes. Oh man. Or the God is a scarecrow. (laughs) The Bo Burnham thing. um, Yes. Oh, I've heard that so much. Oh, the the my toy photo that I posted today is it has a TikTok reference in it to um I'm built different. Which I've heard that one. uh, Oh it it was earlier, it was earlier this year. This dude, like this just ripped dude. And he's just talking about how buff he is. And he like puts an egg in his like like in his elbow and crushes it with his arm. <laughs> and he's like, I'm built different right after he does it. And it's like that was memed by like everybody. Like, yeah, like all these tiny girls like doing like just putting it in there and just they're like, I'm built different. Um <laughs> the same, like of all the things to crush in your arm, girl, like the put- egg is the easiest thing right I, well you know one of those fragile well, things some people, had, some people had a hard time doing it which yeah. was funny but it was but it was a lot funnier like just watching everybody like just cracking the egg and just making fun of this guy and i don't know if he took it in good spirits the video the original video is still up anyway the toy photo i took today had a reference to that in it, so. <laughs> okay all right yeah, I, all i gotta say is it sounds like your mom i mean your mom oh, wow Sounds, sounds like, like my wife, mom. Sounds like your wife and mine are on the same TikTok. Like they, you know, Bo Burnham, all that stuff. Like it sounds like they're both sitting in the same, yeah, in the same realm there. We're here. For a hot minute, she like she showed me a cat video, and I like quickly like swiped and found another one and watched that, and I kept swiping till I found another one. The next day, she's like, "All I see are cat videos now," and she's finally got the algorithm back. So I need to go back and like mess with it again. <laughs> Oh man, that's funny. I don't know how how well my wife would take that. Uh, <laughs> next week, next week, yeah, eighty seven series episodes thirty one, thirty two, and thirty three. So that's uh, Michelangelo's birthday, Usagi Ojimbo, and a case of the hot kimono. Yeah. So that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. <laughs>
<laughs> so guys, awesome. uh, if you like what we're doing, uh, head on over to one of those social medias and let us know um, over at Ninja Turtle PH. Um, Clint, uh, thank you again for the lovely wish over on our Facebook page. Um, you know, Clint, buddy, you're the reason we do the show. Like, you know, it's thank you for listening. Thank you to everyone else who's listening. Um, leave us a review on whatever you're uh, listening to on this or whatever podcast app you're listening to. Um, and uh, yeah, there you go. So that's our show. Thank you guys so much for listening. Until next time, Cowabunga dudes. Cowabunga. I hate ninja. Needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Fantastic. What a, what a good idea, Spencer. I'm glad we got to read these. Yeah. I mean, it was a nice, it was a nice sidetrack. Yeah. I think technically Shades of Green is supposed to take place after City at War. So that's kind of what, when I realized that. I can't remember where, where I saw it and realized that mm. it existed. But I, I can't, yeah, like I said, I realized that it, that it probably fits in here somewhere. Uh, same with that first crossover. Well, those two, I guess they're technically two issues of crossover with Savage Dragon. Um, those uh, also take place just before volume two. I know I've read those and I cannot for life me remember what happens in them. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. You know, I don't mean to like knock. <laughs> uh, what's his name? The creator. Eric Larson. Eric Larson. For some reason, I always get him and Jim Lawson mixed up, and I, and I know that they're not each other, but I just do. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Eric Larson, like his his issue that's like in the Savage Dragon one is like, it's okay, but like the Mirage published part of the crossover, the second half, that's like done with like art by Michael Dooney and stuff, is like so over the top and so much fun that like mm. it's it's actually quite yeah. Like in a, in a moment in it, Savage Dragon just straight up just is in a car, then sees that the problem they had isn't solved and just like kicks the door out of the car and just like <laughs> jumps out of it and is just gets going. It's it's just so over the top and like action packed that I really enjoyed it. Nice. It's weird because like that that predates the image turtles by like a few years i believe mm-hmm. um yeah strange i mean it's not too strange they already crossed over with cerebus and with usagi yeah i guess it doesn't surprise me that you know because image while maybe a publisher like is still very much a creator owned 
publishing mm-hmm. company. That's true. But yeah, I mean, what it's I don't think it was until they crossed over with Batman that they actually like, crossed over with something from like the big two. Yeah, I can't think of anything. Yeah. All right. Uh, next week, who wants what? Um, Angela's birthday, Yusagi Ojimbo, Case of the Hot Kimono. I kind of want Usagi, but... I'll take the left, as usual. All right, Mike, you're getting Usagi. Sweet. Um... Oh man, these both sound bad. Michelangelo's birthday in case of the hot. I'm going to take case of the hot kimono. I'll take Michelangelo's birthday. All right, I'm just throwing it out there right now. Why is it Michelangelo's birthday and not the other turtles? <laughs> oh, and I forgot. Um, I forgot an anchovy last week. Um, I didn't think about it until after the show. Um, but after they figure out that it's like the fountain of youth in the Leatherhead episode um leo says like i feel like a young turtle again or like yeah i had that it's like you guys are only 15 what are you talking about that was that was one of my anchovies too but (laughs) i felt like i already down talked it enough and you guys really loved the episode so i didn't want to keep going so i just (laughs) please please i have no problem picking apart the turtles that is why i'm on this podcast (laughs) i know but you you guys seem to really like the episode and and i had already gone on too long and i was like ah it's not that important, but yeah, I know. No, because that was a, that was a very specific one. I like. I was driving home, and I was like, "Oh yeah, that's dumb." <laughs> yeah, and he's like, "I feel like a young turtle again." I'm like, "You're 15. Yeah. <laughs> You're a teenager. I thought you guys were teenagers." You know, it, just, make- it really it really begs the question: like, how old are the turtles? How like? were the turtles teenagers like teenage turtles before they were mutant turtles i think like when did they become teenagers because in um i think 2012 is really the only one that fully addresses like it's been 15 years since they mutated because they call it their mutation day yeah um now whether like they were already baby turtles at that point so they may be a little bit older than 15 but it it has been 15 years since they mutated so they consider themselves 15 years old kind of like when you adopt the dog like even though that dog's a you know a year old when you adopt it you've only had the dog for six years so the dog is six years old um well in in mirage we know that they were mutated very young because we had preteen turtle issues oh that's right so you have that too i mean but that's the thing is like you know uh we've seen the turtle tots in 2003 and in um rise did turtle tots too yeah so i mean it's it but you never really like i don't know like i feel like 80 because even you know actually in 87 we do see them when they mutate they mutate into their full-size turtles yeah but it's also like is that (laughs) is that uh just like a storytelling device or is that something that really happened you know yeah yeah maybe maybe we saw it it in the clip show (laughs) we saw it in the clip show episode so i think it implies that it did happen (laughs) well 
I but you know we might come across an episode where they are kids at some point. So. No, 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 there is episodes where they become kids, but it's like, did they become kids? Like, did they become kids again, or like, are they kids for the first time? Mm. Good question. What else? I know in the Archie series they were kids. IDW what was it like they were looking for raf for over a year yeah it's over a year they definitely weren't ever like turtle kids they were only like they were they were never turtle tots they never had that right, stage right the only downside to that origin i don't know depending on how much you like the turtle tots i love them uh, it, it depends like, oh. it, it depends on how they do the turtle tots like the in IDW, I don't think it would have worked because you already have the reincarnation story baked in. Yeah. Like to have them kind of go through being kids again, especially because they're all different ages now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In IDW, like Leo's the oldest, Donnie, Raph, Mikey. Um, I mean, like, and they're all different ages in Rise too, but it, but the Turtle Tots there works too. But yeah. that's because like they're they've always been turtles in there. Like they're not reincarnations of yeah. you know. Yeah. No, like I love the IDW origin story. It's definitely my favorite. Like I can do without turtle tots. I, you know, I'm just saying though that as a kid, I definitely they're adorable those episodes. Yeah, I like those, <laughs> those adorable, you know, baby turtles. But well, so yeah, so really it's like only IDW and the 87 series where they weren't. Or possibly weren't kids, mm-hmm. right? Uh, well, 2012. I don't remember us seeing Turtle Tots in 2012. Did we see them? We see we them as have. babies. Uh, there we see them as babies. Yeah, it's like as baby mutant turtles, but like not like it, actual Turtle Tots, like having an episode like they did in 2003 in Rise. Yeah, like I don't know. Yeah, I don't think they. But they were mutant babies, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, they weren't mutated in adulthood. I no, guess. like they weren't mutated yeah. into adulthood like they were in 87. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. One of the things that I've learned that I'm so glad, I mean, granted, it's not like season seven of the 2003 series is a masterpiece anyway, but I'm it's glad. Like that Back to the Sewers has got the best theme song. It and does. A great ending, too, frankly. Yeah. No, like, like Wedding Day is just absolute balls to the wall epic, but. <laughs> Do you consider Wedding Day the ending or Turtles Forever? I mean, I, Turtles Forever, I guess, is technically the ending. It came after it was like the big, not only was it the anniversary, but it was the farewell to like the 2003 series uh, before, you know, it was sold off to Nick. Yeah. I, I have a how big a deal it was to me. <laughs> I have a book. I'm trying, I think it's called The Ultimate Visual History. Like some of the titles. I'm looking at the book. Some of it's hidden. But there's a there's a page or two in there where they show like what was going to happen the next season. Like there were plans for the next season. Uh, and I guess Hun was supposed to come back as Slash. Oh, wow. Cause he, cause he got mutated oh, into I, a turtle I remember during... hearing about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like there's, there's like, like a couple, uh, not animatics, but like, uh, where they lay out the cartoon storyboards. storyboards. Thank you. Yeah. A couple images of storyboards and it, it's got, it, it looks like Hun from, a. Turtles forever when he got mutated into a turtle with an S on his belt attacking another turtle. Huh. Cool. Yeah. That's pretty neat. Yeah, the other uh 
But yeah, the other thing that it was maybe going to be besides back to the sewers, though, to bring this back up, was they were thinking about that or one where the turtle, they teamed up with the turtle tots and like the turtle tots were going to be there all the time. <laughs> I, I've seen like I've, concept yeah, art for I've that. Yeah, concept art of that too. God. Like, ooh, that would have been I, real, real bad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think yeah. I, would have a, I would have a bigger leg to stand on saying 2003 is really bad if that had happened. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's hard to say uh, whether turtle tots would have been worse than like the weird cybernetic armor thing that they I, mean, that was, you know, on. I don't know i wasn't a fan the cyber armor like i don't hate it um it's just it i don't know it could have been done well it just wasn't and it's like it's never interesting when characters like that go into the future and it's like you meet the great grandkid of you know april and casey and um, I don't know. Name Cody Jones. Yeah, I, I don't know. I still kind of like fast forward. I'm I'm good with it. I enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, back to the sewers a little less. So there were some good episodes in there that like are fun. You know, there there's only like a couple, just a few. Um, and back do you the, consider Turtles Forever a back to the sewers episode? I mean, no. I just kind of consider it a movie that that came out. Like it's not really an episode of any season. It's a movie. Okay. But I, I do consider it to come after the end of, of Back to the Sewers. But yeah, the interesting thing about Back to the Sewers, though, and why it happened is that uh, Playmates came in with these toys that they wanted them to sell. <laughs> and they, yeah, it was like dune buggies and like snowmobiles. Mm-hmm. And they're like, how do we use this in the show? And so that's why they, that's part of why they did the whole internet thing. I, I oh, read yeah. this from one of the guys that worked on it on Twitter. He had like a whole thread on Twitter. Yeah, like that I is. That. Um, yeah, I mean, like that's anytime like the turtles get a new invention or like a new outfit, it's because like there's a toy coming. Yeah, you know, we saw that with the Mystic Ninja versions in uh, 2012. You know, Donnie built the turtle sub, and then we got a turtle sub. Raph had the shell cycle. Um. You know, they and uh, going back to Rise, like they kind of dropped the toyetic stuff because, like, towards the end of the first season, they stopped using the van or the turtle tank. Mm-hmm. Um, and like they had these like motorcycles that would detach from the turtle tank, and like those got dropped almost immediately after they appeared. Yeah. And there was a cool, um, there was a good interview with some of those writers and they were like, yeah, like we just, we would get sent toys to f- fit into the show and like we would put them in for like an episode and then immediately never do it again. Yeah. There were motorcycles um, in the turtle tank? Uh, yeah, like there were, they like attached to the side and I think I on the show they that. like, they like, yeah, like I said, they literally appear for like, they're in the theme song. Really? I, yeah. I do not remember. Uh, when you watch the theme song, hang on. I believe you, but I, I remember they had like the go-karts that came together, but I don't remember the motorcycles. That was in, well, the go-karts were 2012. 
Mike, I'm going to be honest with you. I've been Googling stuff off to the side, so I might not have been paying the best attention, buddy. <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> I'm so sorry. So, I, I okay, so, so it is. So it is, in the, it is in the Rise theme song. Um, it's the, yes, yes. the, the okay. two motorcycles launch about, off and Leo and Raph are riding it. I'm sorry. I thought we were talking about 2012. No, no, no. So 2012 has the go. 2012 has the go karts though. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah. So like, like I said, so the motorcycles like were in the theme song more than they were ever in the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No. And even the 2003 series, like they have like you know the the battle shell and stuff and things like that, but like they. I don't know like there's one where they had him like wearing like mutant fighting stuff like at the very mm-hmm. beginning you know to, to cage the mutants and then it was gone you know like there's, yeah. there's some of the like it happens I feel like in all of them where they they're like oh we have to introduce this toy I don't know how we're going to continue this so we're just going to hurry and throw it in an episode and then be done with it well even like 87 you remember that episode where it flooded and at the beginning of the episode they're showing off the sewer party too which is definitely yep. a toy and they got through yeah. it so fast that by the end of the episode they just put inflatable stuff on the sides of well the, yeah like the, the retro cat the retro catapult was a toy yeah yeah um yeah like they you know all of these shows are toy commercials like we need mm-hmm. we need to stop pretending these shows are anything but a toy commercial like we can enjoy these toy commercials but they're primarily to sell toys yeah, which is why I wouldn't mind series. It's just aged up a little bit, you know. Like it's pretty much the IDW series. But I don't want to. I don't want a series for for adults. I don't want one. I would love a movie, like a directed DVD movie, or if it's a series, it's a limited series. And I, I dig a series, just IDW style. You know, aged up a little bit. I mean, yeah, like just on the toyetic, it would be good. Yeah, I mean, if 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 it was a series based on IDW specifically, then yes, absolutely. Yeah, put that on Paramount Plus. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. But as I always say, never an adult series. <laughs> yeah, I, I would. I mean, I wouldn't even say like adult. You know, like I wouldn't say like, oh yeah, adult. Like, I wouldn't want any. Like, I wouldn't want something that's like you know a bloodbath type thing going on but you know like i said something on like the idw series level of pg-13-esque you know like it's, it's aimed at like teenagers to adults well i mean like i don't even want like, like a mirage series is what i'm saying like we've already gotten the yeah, best no, mirage series we could possibly get yeah like the 2003 series adapts a lot of it uh, already yeah. there's not much of a need for for more we could have you know maybe a a more like a closer adaptation of like city at war because it's not very close in the 2003 series but like that's about it um but yeah no the 2003 series pretty much took everything from mirage volume one that's you know um, that's worth taking that's worth taking that's worth taking yeah good good way to put that (laughs) yeah and and adapted it in one form or another so like I, that's the thing is like I'm satisfied of that like I don't need a Mirage series but it would be cool to get some sort of IDW adaptation for sure totally or Last Ronin at this point you know give me a Last Ronin limited series <laughs> man if they just took the the Dark Knight and replaced Batman with a Ninja Turtle I'd I'd be good with that you know the the movie they put out a couple of years ago just 
put Michelangelo around that. Yeah, did you see that art that Freddie Williams did to like propose and they didn't accept it because I guess like the last Ronin is still too green of a property of like a last Ronin Batman Beyond crossover? Oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Oh, that was so cool. That would have been so cool. No, we just got to get Tom back on the show and be like, Tom, buddy. Yeah. What <laughs> happened? Walk over to Nickelodeon. Walk over to DC. You tell them. Tom Waltz says make this happen. <laughs> But no, I think it's actually at DC that has has the problem more so than uh, and it's maybe because the last Ronin's actually like a competitor now because it's been the number one selling comic every time it you know every time it's released. Yeah. Every time there's a new issue. But who knows? I don't know. I guess I'm not on that end of things. I think I'm gonna be the first one to call it tonight. It's a little warm and I need to get some windows open. Yeah, yeah, I gotta get going too. Yeah, same. All right, guys. All right. Take care. Uh, Wednesday next week. Remember. Yes. Yes. Let me make sure my calendar is updated. October twentieth. Got it. I'm uh, getting my booster shot that day. Nice. Yeah, I need to. I need to book my appointment. I get tested every Monday now, um, and my antibodies are at like below a ten, which is I think what they're saying you should get when you should get it now. Oh, interesting. So, all right. Take it easy, guys. See you next week. Bye. Bye.